Now, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the edition of the Walker AC Experience. I'm your host to you, my friends, and yes, you are my friends. This is the Walker AC Experience coming to you live in studio for digital download in front of millions of people. Please don't look around. I swear to you, millions of people listening to the show. Of course, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you to Podbean.com for taking my $14.99. I love you, mean it. And also, you can find us on all the free apps below, whether it be Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, everything in between. Of course, I'll save all the plugs for later. This is not why you listen to the show. Now, my special ghost, my special ghost, see, no editing here, my special <laughs> co-host, you can hear him laughing. Um, he is a writer, he's a blogger, he is everything in between, he is Ashley's best friend, most importantly, he is my guest for the day. Welcome Jeff, or Jeffrey, how's it going? <laughs> Sorry to be laughing so much, but like, that intro just killed me. I've never heard it before, and you know, that was like my first time listening to it, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, we're definitely good to have you. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to last week's show, we're going to bring you up to speed. So I'm going to have my new friend, my confidant, my brother from another mother. He's black. Don't worry, guys. He's black. Um, so tell our audience a little bit about you. Uh, yeah. Um, my name is Jeffrey. I'm 33 years old. I'm a writer like um, Adrian mentioned. Um, I've been writing for about a decade now. But since I was in high school, I guess I wanted to become a writer. Uh, well, mostly around senior year, that was when I made a big decision. And so far, I've published two books on Amazon: um, a novel and a collection of short stories, as well as a collection of poetry. Right now, I have a blog. I write mostly about um, film reviews and um, book reviews, as well as. Um, financial stuff like if you guys are investing and you need to know which um, stock or ETF to buy stuff like that I'm your guy let me know well yeah that's about it so far <laughs> Hey, no, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, we need to have more talented people on the show, with, you know, to make me look good and to make Ashley look good. So we, we, we definitely do appreciate that. Um, so this episode, this edition is my own personal. And we met at Ashley's party, um, her New Year's Eve party. And we hit it up. We hit it off quite well. I'm sorry. What was that? No, I was just agreeing with you. I was just saying, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're you're really intriguing to me because you know, number one, you're worldly traveled. You're extremely intelligent, and you know you have a sense of humor. You know that we can bounce things off each other. Coupled with the fact that we know Ashley, and need I say more with that? Um, <laughs> I wanted to bring you on just to just have a conversation and, and talk about a couple things. You know that that's on your mind. Like I said, you're extremely intellectual, so I, mean, I think we can have an interesting uh, conversation. I guess. What do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. You're, we're two smart people. We can we can do that. I think. I believe we can. 
actually go ahead and have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we're going to point out the obvious here because, you know, we're not readers here, folks. Um, touch upon your, your accent, your background. Uh, where are you from? You know, stuff like that. Uh-oh, he went radio silent. I think you might have hit mute. Wait, hello? Uh-oh, okay, we got you back. I'm not too sure what happened with that, so let's start that one over. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man, all these technical issues today. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I was born from a, from an island called Haiti, which is from the coast of um, Florida. And that was about 33 years ago. And that's why I have this accent now. And <laughs> um, let me see, what else can I say? Um, I've been, like I said before, I've been writing for a while. That's been my own thing. And I came to the United States when I was 16. So that happened. First year was Miami. That was my first time there. That was quite an experience. Um, just the culture there, the people, everybody. For a young person of 16 years old, that's just, um, there's still a lot to take in. I mean, it was just, um, and it was just incredible. But after that, my family, then we had to move. Uh, I only spent six months in a high school there. Then we had to move to, uh, to Massachusetts, and I spent about a year and a half there. Then we moved again to Georgia. There was a lot of moving around, so um, I, I am very well-traveled, like you mentioned. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now, did you have a hard time getting acclimated to the American culture? And did you have a hard time? I mean, were people welcoming you with open arms? Uh, yeah, I would say mostly it was, uh, it was a very good um, experience. Um, I didn't have that much issues with the culture, I think. Learning the language and was the biggest barrier. And... I did that through watching television a lot, and I watched a lot of, what was it called, um, man, all these TV shows. There was like all those old 90s and 80s TV shows I would watch. That's how I learned English, basically. I mean, I went to school too, of course, but I feel like the television shows really did help me more. And um, yeah, everybody was very welcoming. Um, I didn't have big, uh, that many issues with the culture, really. Um, I guess in a sense, since American culture kind of is like now the world culture, even if you're from um, a very remote place, in a sense, you still can feel at home because you're already aware of what American culture is, so you're going to be able to um, acclimate very easily that. So, yeah. See, not bad at all. Now, um, learning... You know, through watching TV shows for me was I, I I can't wrap my head around that, but I definitely do applaud you because your vocabulary is really deep. So you know, doing something like that for me, if I would come to another country, I would definitely have a hard time. You know, getting getting acclimated. You know, getting used to certain things um, because you know I, you know I'm such uh, an introvert, so I really have a hard time you know communicating. But like I said, you know that that struck me with you, and also the fact that you're a writer. Um, what you know? What started that passion of yours, and where did it take you? Because I, I know you mentioned you, know, you write blogs and whatnot, but what was the genesis of you know, of doing your writing? Uh, yeah, so um, I think I started very young, actually. When I was around ten or eleven, 
uh, I would just write stories mostly to entertain my classmates. Um, and from that, years later on, when I was much older and I was in high school in the United States, that's when I mean, it finally clicked to me, like, this is what I, I want to do for my life. Like, I enjoy entertaining people with my stories, um, having interesting things happening, um, facing different um, characters, having different hormones, um, making people realize things, like revealing truths basically through writing. I mean, that was very, um, that really, that really inspired me a lot. And so, in high school too, reading about um, Edgar Allan Poe, Stephen King, I was mostly interested in horror when I first started, and those guys reading their stories, like being shocked by what was happening, what really um, that kind of got me interested into being a writer even more to follow that as a professional, as a professional instead of just as as a hobby. And then later on, um, I decided that it was definitely to be published in my twenties, and I went through the route to try to get an agent, try to get published, and stuff like that. I was not very, uh, I was not um, as successful as I wish I could have been. But I had to go ahead and go in a different route and actually self-publish um, my works. And I had some moderate success with it. Uh, a few hundreds were sold from each of my books and I made some money from it and it was kind of cool. And, every, and having people come to you and tell you and ask you for an autograph is kind of cool. Um, and even if it was just like a very small, um, like a few hundred people, it wasn't that great, but to me that was just an incredible experience and it really stuck with me and I never did it just for, just for the fact of being, uh, to be locally famous or whatever, to have a few people know who you are and asking for autograph. I did it because I enjoy writing, I enjoy entertaining people really, that's the main thing and also teaching people about new things, so that experience really, um, kind of, um, push me forward and and now the blog the blog is just me basically um right now i'm not writing as much as i used to I'm, i still write but not my fiction i'm mostly focused on non-fiction right now but i still do want to keep writing fiction eventually i'll get back to that very soon but right now i just want to focus on like technical writing um as profession really and so that's why i'm mostly focusing on reviews um financial investing stuff like that but yeah I see that is pretty cool. And you mentioned, you know, the books that you've written. How many books have you have you wrote? Uh, only two so far. Well, actually, I've written multiple ones, but I got two published. Um, but I have way more than that in the in the back burner that are sitting there. They need to be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to get back there. But they're just kind of in a slumber. Mm. And whenever I get that um, fiction bug to actually. It's like I have, I have a lot of ideas basically, I have a lot of things that I need to happen in the stories, but sometimes I get stuck into one situation and I'm like, I wonder what my character would do. What is the best plot to go forward? What should happen in this next in this next scene? Where do I need to take the story? What do I want my readers to understand about this character and where I want to take the story and what the message I want to give to my audience? So sometimes when all those questions come at you, all come at me um, very strongly. It just kind of um, paralyzes me. So I just put the story away and I try to live life. Go ahead and hang out with my friends, um, go for a drink, watch TV, and exercise, whatever, just to get my mind liberated. So whenever, when I'm, when I'm ready, I'll get back to them and actually get them um, finished. 
the Phenapia. Now, with the two books you have, I mean, are they on Amazon or are they on Kindle? Um, how can people get a hold of you or just you know, does that go online and, and, and do a search for you under your blog? Uh, yeah, it's actually, yeah, perfect. Yeah, on my blog, um, um, it should be on there. My blog is fspaceshipwilltravel um, at wordpress.com. And I have a link to both of my books there. Um, you can also just go on Amazon. To be honest, you could just probably just Google my name. <laughs> Google my name, Jeffrey Petitbois. I don't have a very weird last name, nobody can say it. But if you Google <laughs> my name, Jeffrey Petitbois on Google, you should see me pop up very soon. You'll see me pop up as my profession, but also my books is also um, on there. But that will connect it with it. But it is also on Amazon, so I know that everybody uses Amazon now. So if you just want to go to Amazon, just Google, um, my, oh, just go, just search for my name or the titles of the book, and you'll find my books in there and on webports.com. Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, good. Now, the good thing is we're going to have links uh, in the description below after the show and whatnot. Now, I promise, I mean, this is not going to be like a James Lipton kind of interview, so I promise we're going to get to the silly stuff. But, you know, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I just wanted to get to know you because the conversation we had, you know, over at Ashley's party was kind of minimal. I mean, we did a whole lot of silly jokes and, you know, the basic dick, <laughs> the basic dick and fart jokes, you know, but I never really got a chance, you know, to know you, know your passions and stuff like that. I mean, I knew you were a writer. But I never knew that you had your works published. And I always wanted to write books. I wrote a couple of plays and stuff like that, but I was always nervous to take that extra step to get it published. Now, did you have any kind of fears? You know, I mean, you're doing stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Writing is a very, um, it's a fearful um, profession, I would say. It's really when you're first starting out. When you're first starting out, it just, it's very um, fearful for you. You have a lot of fears. You're very, um, there's a lot of apprehension, definitely. Because the, the blank page is very scary. Because you have a lot of ideas. You have a lot of things you want to say. And you're not sure how to express those, um, those things inside your head. And to express them in the, blank, in the blank page, just telling you, how dare you? How dare you? Right now, put anything down, you know? <laughs> and it's very scary. <laughs> but you have to just put back, push past through it. You have to just go ahead, and get the first draft down, and 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 then the first draft is never going to be perfect. Um, I'm I'm sure you heard that a lot. A lot of writers say that, and it's and it's true. The first draft will never be perfect. Um, it's always going to be terrible. I really I don't think a lot of writers have ever written a perfect first draft. Um, Writers just have to get past that, and I have to get past that as well. Just have to go ahead and finish the first draft, put it away for a while, and then a few, a few weeks or a few months, you can just come back to it. It's like, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Let me look at it again and see if there's anything that I could change about it. If I still like it the same way I liked it when I finished it, or and then you keep going, you do a second draft, you do a third draft sometimes, and the third draft might be it. It might be the fourth draft or the fifth draft. You never know. It depends on the writer. There's some writers who's, who've done like a, a lot of drafts, so it depends on what's happening. But yeah, you have to conquer that fear, though. It's it's part of you, but you have to conquer it to go ahead and become the writer. Oh no, I do understand that because you know, being a podcaster, not professional, far from it, but being a podcaster, you know, you have that initial fear, and I mentioned it so many times on previous episodes to where you have so many things mapped out in your head that you want to talk about. But the moment you hit record and you know you're live, everything goes out the window. 
You know, I forget what I want to talk about. I get nervous. I stumble. I say, you know, a lot. And listening back to my shows, I constantly kick myself because I know you're not being arrested, are you? Oh, no. It's just, it's going up. There's a cop car that's passing by. Whatever it was, I didn't do it. You know, you're my drug mule. It's okay. We, we, we will get through this. Innocent. I said, I'm innocent. That would be so interesting for a podcast. Like, if I got, I got arrested during the podcast. No, not yet. It was the first time for everything. I mean, it's bound to happen. But hey, more clicks for me. But more clicks. Right. Uh, <laughs> Your show was kind of like a. Ashley would get so jealous because you would get arrested, and I'll give me so much more attention. Oh, she hate that with an undying passion. Not a root of Ashley, but on Yisra. <laughs> see, see, there you go. Now, just uh, just a, a few more questions about who you are. And once again, there's a method to my madness. Because, you know, I want the audience to know who you are, you know, so that when they do purchase your readings, you know, they know what they're getting. They're getting a piece of you. They're getting, you know, something personal, you know, something passionate. And, and, and knowing your background, to me, really helps. Um, they know a lot about me. I'm a schmuck. I'm a horrible podcaster. Um, I stumble upon my words and say um a lot, but you you definitely hold my attention, so it definitely works. And when you went to college, uh, what was your major? What did you What did you focus on mainly? Oh, I actually never went to college. <laughs> really? Then that was a dumb question on my part. All right, next. So. <laughs> no, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because yeah. Most writers, I think, all, a lot of writers did go to college. Um, there's a lot of MFA programs that just teach people how to write. So that that's a fair assessment to have, and it's a fair assumption. So yeah, but I, just, I didn't go to college though. I just I was a self um, I was a self learner. Basically, I just read books, um, the self uh, the self um, writing books, how to get writing, how to start writing, uh, how to do stuff like that, um, learning grammar, basic stuff like that by myself, and that's how I got to writing but so being a a writer publishing two books um and everything of the nature everything of that sort what advice would you give it to somebody that wants to you know to become a writer just just from your experiences um become a writer first starting um yeah if you want to become a writer you like i mentioned before you have to conquer the fear and then once you get the draft done um you can always, there's multiple ways to go about it. You can go the traditional way of actually um, finding an agent after the copy is done and then sending it to an agent and the agent can help you out and see if they can actually sell the book to a publisher and they're gonna find an editor if they need to edit your work. And that works out for some people. So that's one way of going about it. And the most online now, there's multiple ways of doing that and you can always find it in like writer's digest is one of the magazines that help with that um i can't think of the other ones but writer's digest is definitely uh it's a, like it's an online magazine because everything is online so you can actually find it online before that it used to be you have to get a actual subscription and they will send it to your house a book with like the names of the actual writers and the um not the writers but the agents and the publishers and who they are, where you can send your um, portfolio to, from your manuscript to. But um, 
there's another way as well. That's just the traditional way. The other way is just the um, self-published way. And what helped me personally on that route was Amazon, because Amazon had a program called Create Space. I'm not sure if they still have it, but that's what helped me publish my two books. Basically, it was just a self-publishing um, service, and you would just go in there, and when you were done, you would just um, upload your manuscript on there, and then you could edit it, find out which type of um, which type of um, covers you wanted to give to your book, how you want the book to look, and stuff like that. So that definitely helped me out a lot because I had no idea how to do that. And so Amazon with CreateSpace, if they're still up, I, I got a Google that. I'm not sure if CreateSpace is still um, functioning right now, if they're still keeping the website going. But CreateSpace is definitely was definitely what helped me in my writing, uh, my publication journey. So I would advise that for anybody. But Amazon always always helping in that way. I think they actually just came up with a new way to um, help writers publish their novels called Vela, something like that, serially. So that's pretty, that's kind of cool. Um, so I would check that out as well. If um, I had some, if any new writers are listening to this podcast, um, so that's yeah, so that's helpful. Oh, and we do appreciate that because I mean we have so many people listening to the show, and you know eventually they get bored of listening to me ramble on. So you know, do want to have new people you know to get to know and, and to get to speak with and learn about. So with everything that you told me about, you know, coming from Haiti, um, writing books, doing blogs, and having you know a very deep extensive knowledge of the English language, which I certainly don't have. Um, how are you best friends with Ashley? I don't understand that, and she's going to hear this. So, but <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How, how in the blue hell are you friends with Ashley? No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I keep asking myself that every day. <laughs> okay, edit, can you edit that out? Oh, no, the beauty, the beauty of the podcast is we're keeping everything in, folks. Everything, everything. absolutely. Oh, man. We're in trouble. Okay. Yeah, so, hey, I mean, we, we, you know, we got past the get-to-know-you phase, you know, so now it's time to get to the silly phase. I know in the last show we talked a whole lot about, you know, viewpoints, about men and women can be friends and other things of that. Um, go ahead. What were we going to say? Oh, no. I was just agreeing with you. Sorry. I have this habit of always disrupting you when you're talking. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No worries. Like I said, we don't edit out anything here. See, it's, it's definitely the beauty of shows like this. Anybody can do a podcast. See, this, this is why I do it. I have no other discernible <laughs> skill, so I do podcasting. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have very, very strong views on you know, multiple, a multitude of things. And Ashley and I, you know, talk about stuff like that. And so say, for example, just to throw something out there, I have, you know, multiple views on cancer culture because for whatever reason, I'm very, very, I'm older. So I've been around and I've seen things and that's one of the things I just don't understand. You know, so maybe with your knowledge, you can help me understand it a little bit. understand cancel culture absolutely because to me there's no such thing because people say whatever they want to say and they're <sighs> a person that listens to you and they go i don't like what he or she says and all of a sudden you're canceled i, I don't i'm i have a hard time grasping that yeah, I mean, I don't understand you, to be honest with you. So that's why I'm not sure if that's the best person to explain it to you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he 
he's like, I'm being put on the spot. Being I'm put on the spot. spot. <laughs> oh, no. No, but I'll do my best, so let me see. Um, yeah, so, free speech, right? I mean, there's a thing called free speech in this country especially. So, people are allowed to say usually most of what they want. Um, I don't know. There has to be a barrier, I would say. But, to say what the barrier is, I mean, how do we actually control that? I mean, um, it's it's very it's a very um, subjective thing because it's many this concept culture doesn't make it, doesn't make sense to me because like I said there's free speech but also we should be able to express ourselves and it's a double edged sword and I don't I don't support it because I do believe that people should be able to say what they want to say because if they can't then it's longer free society even if I disagree with what somebody else is saying. I still believe that they have the right to say it. And I think that comes from, um, there's a quote I think I read from, what was his name, a French writer. I think he said something like that. It was like, um, I can disagree whatever you're saying, but I'll fight my, I'll fight to the death to protect your right to say it. So that's, I think that's what where I'm standing to. It's like, um, I can disagree with what you're saying. I can not support your idea, your views, from your point of view. I can be totally against it, but since for the for society to move forward, for human beings to be able to express themselves, for I don't know, for the for for the growth of human beings, we need to have honest and open discussions about everything. Because if we can't have that, then we're gonna regress. And I feel like in any historical periods of time. Whenever a society was told by either one person or group that they could not express themselves, that always came with some type of um, some type of tragedy, some type of um, rebellion, and that never ends well. So I don't think the oppression of or the cancellation of people's ideas, however moronic however hateful, however uh, ancient they might seem to some, they must be expressed and be, individuals must have the, the freedom to express them, I think, for society to move forward. If not, then we're just putting ourselves in a dangerous place. I know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the reason why I bring this up is because I just wanted to get another viewpoint. Um, because we've this generation for whatever reason has turned I don't want to say sensitive because that's not the right word I want to use um, it's just now that everyone is so self-aware of what everyone else says I think we get caught up in monitoring what everybody else says and what they think opinions aren't opinions anymore um, perfect example um, I'm, I have social media only to plug my shows, to plug my animations and stuff like that. I really don't use it to reach out and speak with people because I'm more of a hermit type, but that's a whole nother story. Um, there was someone who said something 10 years ago and that affected his current position. Um, he went to get a job and someone didn't like that particular person, so they dug into his history pulled up something he said 10 years ago 
and that affected his current job to this day. And me personally, I really didn't understand it, and I opened my mouth. Big mistake. And I'm like, okay, you said it 10 years ago. Is there a point that we evolve as a human race to say, okay, you said something not popular such a long time ago? Shouldn't that be, you know, gone past? And the backlash and the hatred I got for it was just astronomical, and I never understood it to this day. And no one could ever tell me was I in the wrong for not necessarily defending him, but just defending the fact of it was 10 years ago. We were different people 10 years ago. The stupid things that we've said 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or even 10 minutes ago shouldn't be held against us. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I agree with you completely, Adrian. Because, um, yeah, we've all said stupid things and like 10 years ago, I can think of myself, uh, sometimes I look at my, uh, for example, I look at my Facebook, my old Facebook post from 10 years ago, or 12 years or 11 years ago, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I posted that. That's That was so dumb. That makes no sense at all. Like, what type of idiot was I back then? And I'm so <laughs> ashamed of myself just seeing my own post. So I can imagine other people having their different, um, having more um, virulent or more um, excitable posts about different about different views, about different ideas, how they can come, how they can come to other people that are just um, seeing it now. Because I think what's happening too is that in the 10, 15 years that have passed, the new generation that is now currently coming in, in strength and numbers have a different point of view of things. And now they'll, they're, they're able to, I guess, um, go back and actually judge us from a different lens. Just how how our generation will probably will look at the like I'll say the millennials or the Xers would look at the boomers in a different lens. Now the Gen Zers are looking at the uh, boomers and the Gen Xers. Oh, the the Gen the Gen Zs are looking at the Xers and the millennials in a different lens as well. And unfortunately. Fortunately for us, um, the boomers didn't have any Facebooks and Instagrams and Twitters back then, but we do. So whatever mistake, well, I don't want to say mistake, but whatever foolish things we said back then, whatever it was, now it, there's a script now. It is, it's there for eternity because thanks to the uh, technology, thanks to um, social media, so there's actually physical proof to actually hang us into the future. So I would just recommend for anybody right now that's using social media to always be careful about what you say. Um, although, although yes, you should, you have freedom to say what you want, but fortunately, the reality of this world, of this current age right now is that you will be punished for what you said in five years, even a year ago, even a few months ago. You have to be very careful about what you say in this new age. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's so bizarre. Because if you really think about it, someone's being punished for a thought. Someone's being punished for an opinion, which defeats the whole purpose of freedom of speech. You know, it's, it's, it's freedom of speech if I like what you say. It's not freedom of speech if you say something that, that offends me personally. Then I have to lash out and I have to make you pay for saying something that I don't like. And that's something that always stuck to me because this is all just recent. You know, with the advent of social media and stuff like that, 
it's become more of a toxic place because you have to monitor what you say, not necessarily being vulgar, not necessarily, you know, saying you want to murder someone or rape someone, but you can give an opinion about something that just doesn't sit right with the other person. And then you have to pay for that. You know, you have to pay with being banned or pay for being quote unquote canceled and stuff like that. And I understand it's a generational thing and I'll say generational a lot because previous generations, they've had their quote unquote fad. And I believe this particular fad is the whole cancel culture thing. Eventually it'll die down, it'll go away. And we'll look back on it just like a pair of like ripped jeans that was popular back back in the day. It just stuck in my crawl a little bit because being a podcaster, just like you being a writer, if you write certain phrase or a certain or particular book that you put your heart into and someone doesn't like it or something quote unquote triggers them to some part of their brain that you didn't know anything about but you're going to pay for it you know i i really don't think that's a fair assessment of, of you know of, of you know of, of who we are as people yeah for sure um I completely agree. Um, I wish I could have a different point of view, <laughs> but because that would that would make the podcast more interesting. But I completely agree with what you're saying, um, because yes, it's a different generation. They're saying things in a different way, and because of that, everything is being judged from a different point of view. So, but yeah, so we should be able to express ourselves, and that's why I like being a writer in a sense because. There are things that I could never in my day-to-day life say out loud to people, I don't think, and they would not like it. So those ideas and those um, concepts that I would like to express in real life, which are impossible for me to do, I express them in my writings. So that's where I can have some sort of refuge to actually express myself. And it, like you as a podcaster, you can have that as well. It's a, it's a form of... Um, it's a form of creativity. That's where you can actually express yourself and tell the truth that you cannot tell in the real world. So, uh, luckily, luckily for us, for us too, we have those outlets. Uh, we have a podcast of my writing, and we can express ourselves and our ideas there. But for the rest of the people who are not as creative or don't have that option, the question becomes now: How will they express themselves now? How will they express the ideas that? have been told by society to repress for so long and I really don't think that it's very helpful for them or for us because eventually all these repressed ideas all these concepts that they have in their minds however we may see them they may actually come out in a more destructive way that we may we may expect and I don't think anybody really wants that hmm. I understand now of course you're probably thinking, you're like, I did this guy's show. He told me it's going to be fun. Now we're talking about just <laughs> serious topics. I wanted to laugh, damn it. I want to have a good time and make dick and fart jokes, and he's not doing it. No, I... <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I get, I get, very, I, get um, I like um, fart jokes like everybody else, but I also like to get serious too and get the nitty-gritty of things. No, but no, but don't get me wrong. It's you know, yeah, it's just something you know that that I speak on. And by all means, if there's anything on your mind to speak on, by all means, this is an open forum. It's just once again, you know, me introducing you know you to the listeners, you know, and just 
picking your brain, I guess, because there is no right or wrong opinion. Um, you know, I mean, this isn't a point counterpoint. If you agree with me, that is tremendous. If you don't, that's okay too. You know, it's just two people having conversation and just talking about whatever. And of course, I don't have, you know, my awesome court gesture, Ashley, to bounce things off of because I'm more of the straight guy. You know, I'm more of the, you know, had to have the conversation, talk about just whatever you wish that comes up. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, what do you think of the whole podcasting landscape so far? Because I know it's different from writing. And I know it kind of puts you on the spot and makes you open up just a little bit. It makes you uncomfortable a little bit. And, you know, oh, yeah. I don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, oh, I forgot to say that in high school, I used to do some acting in high school. So I guess I wasn't that, um, I'm not that... Uh, apprehensive about podcasting it is kind of a new field it's kind of strange listening to your voice um being heard that way excuse me listening to your voice being heard in that way is kind of surreal it's like i never heard myself that way before except on like phone recordings and that's kind of strange but besides that uh, i do like podcasting um it's really, i'm actually thinking i think i mentioned that before to you and actually you know earlier show that I actually want to sort of podcast eventually but my podcast I think I was mostly gonna focus on like um, it was mostly gonna be connected to my blog I think I would just be um, basically rehashing whatever I talked about on my blog I'll be basically giving this giving almost a different uh, a, a take on what I wrote on the on the podcast that way maybe I could reach more people I was even thinking about even translating um even moving that past to um the youtube as well having a blog and a podcast and a youtube channel but it seems like a lot of work so i don't know i'll, I'll um, i'm thinking about it but yeah so far i'm, in, I'm enjoying podcasting <laughs> well speaking of your blog i mean give us give us an example of your blog i mean tell us a little bit about it i mean by all means you know use this forum and let it out i do not mind the floor is all yours well, I'm putting you on the spot here. That's cool. <laughs> um, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, let's, okay, let's see. Oh, actually, that's a, that's that's perfect. Because actually, I just posted something today earlier after I talked to you on the phone. Um, I was actually writing about um, investing. I was writing about Interim Classic. Um, and Interim Classic is just um, it's just it's a cryptocurrency, really. That's uh, branching off of just regular Ethereum, and my article that's on my blog right now. It was just, um, it was just about how the fact that Ethereum Classic right now. If you have an investing account, I do have an investing account um, with Robinhood right now. Um, I would advise anybody who was not investing to go ahead and start investing, as that's I think that's how you get ahead in life and that's how you be able to retire in the future but you know for that so basically my article was about interim classic actually um, making a lot of money right now the listed price uh, of interim classic um, when I bought it was a few days ago it was about $26 or some change and as of now, as I'm speaking to you right now, Ethereum Classic is the listed price is forty five ninety five. Oh wow! So it just right? Wow, exactly. It just jumped tremendously um, upward, and 
the, as of now, it's a return. It's a return rate of fourteen point thirteen percent. So that's a lot of money. So if anybody's listening and has an investing account right now, I would say, oh, actually, no, don't buy Ethereum Classic right now because it's too high right now. That's a problem. You should have bought it a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's the problem with investing because you're never too sure when to buy a stock or when to buy a crypto or an ETF. The timing is always not the best, um, so that's the issue. So that's why I'm trying to do this blog. I was doing this blog. I was trying to help people who are new to investing. I would do the work for them. Actually, find out if this price is good for stock for this crypto. If this is something that they should buy now. Or they should wait a few weeks, a few months before they actually buy it. Because the best thing to do when you're investing, really, is to I don't know if you heard it before, but it's to buy it's to buy low and sell high. Absolutely. So that makes sense, right? Absolutely. Buy low and sell high. Yeah. As an investor, I don't really sell because I just keep the stock for retirement, really. Um, but now until I'm like in my sixties, will I really ever? sell my my stuff but basically you have to invest into something that has inherent value something that you know people a lot of people buy nike a lot will people be wearing nikes 30 years from now so you say oh that's a good idea so i should probably invest in nikes because nikes are very popular and then you look and what i do is i look back into the past of nike and i see huh so in 1996 nike um, was actually selling for just i don't know 20 dollars now Nike is at 126 or something like that. So why would the price of Nike be 30 years from now? And so, yeah, so this is what I do, um, basically, and on my blog. So I try to give the average people who don't have time to, who don't have the money to hire um, investors, bankers to work for them. Just actually just give them ideas on how to invest themselves and how to build wealth, yeah. And nice. I mean that. I mean, you know, people really like that kind of advice, and I'm all for it. You know, I welcome something like that, and you know, that's that's just amazing. And I'm glad that you took the time to you know to, to speak on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I enjoy talking about this. Yeah, like that's exactly what my podcast is going to be about. Basically, it's going to be like 33 percent finance, 33 um, percent. Books and movies, and the rest, uh, I'll just make it up alone. I think it's just gonna be like basic ideas of like um, what's going on in the world and stuff like that. But yeah, investing is pretty cool. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I think everybody should be doing it, especially if you have kids or if you want to live some or if you have family that you care about. You want to leave them some type of um, some type of money to make sure that they're okay. Investing is definitely necessary. So that's what my blog is about and. Yeah. Nice. Well, I agree with you 100%. Now, a little rapid fire before we put a capper on this. I'm curious. You uh-huh. said you do you, you like doing reviews on movies. So, give me give me your top 5 movies. <laughs> My top 5 movies. That's not fair at all. Okay. Uh... <laughs> oh man, I'm going to butch it up, but eventually I'll come back later on and actually give you my true top five movie because I can't think of it on the top of my head. I'll go as uh, I'll go with um, There Will Be Blood. I think that was by Antonio. I don't remember, but There Will Be Blood is one of my is I think my favorite movie ever. And then Ad Astra is also very good. 
everybody should watch at Ad Astra. That's actually, I think it's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can actually go watch it right now. Um, actually, I think it's twenty dollars. Never mind. But um, <laughs> Ad Astra is very good. There will be blood. Um, what's another good movie? Oh, um, the Seventh Seal. The Seventh Seal by Igmar Igmar Bergman. That's a good that movie. movie was, oh, you seen it? Perfect. Yes, very yeah, good movie. movie. Was made such a long time ago. I'm surprised you know about it. Well, actually, you're very old, so you should know about it. I'm <laughs> 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 no, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but yes, the Seventh Seal is great. What else? Mark Bergman is my favorite director, so if I could, I'll probably just list all of his films here. But let me see, let me go somewhere else. Um, oh, also, Breathless. Breathless is very good. Breathless is very good. Um, um, that's uh, by a French director. Um, that and actually goes then. Um, it's actually a very good film. And my fifth one, I'll go with. Hmm. There'll be blood at Astra, Sensual, Breathless, and last one, last one. It's gonna be the tough one, isn't it? <laughs> Think of something that's easier. <laughs> oh, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Watch the Jojo Rabbit. Like I said, this is not my official top five, top five. <laughs> That's what I can think of right now. <laughs> but yeah, Jojo Rabbit is very good. If you haven't seen it, it came out like two years ago, and it's so funny and so sweet and so sad at the same time. I think everybody should enjoy that movie. I'll probably give it a shot. Now we may list your top five on in the description below, I guess. But I will rattle off a quick top five before we uh, before we end the show here. Let me see here. Number one, Memento. Have you seen that one? Oh, I started it on HBO Max. I'm not finished yet. But it looks, the beginning is incredible, so I imagine the rest is just spectacular. Yes, it has uh, uh, Carrie Ann Moss. She was Trinity in The Matrix. Joe Pantoliano, very good movie. Um, number two, Usual Suspects. Have you seen that? Oh, wow. Okay, so I saw that. <laughs> This is bad. <laughs> This is bad. Because I actually started that one as well, but I've not finished it. Oh, okay. You have your homework. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, number three, we're looking at uh, the movie Kids. Kids. Uh, oh, the, is it the '90s movie? Yes, it is. Oh, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Soundtrack. See, everybody on Instagram is raving about it. Yes, the soundtrack is amazing. You should download it. Highly recommend it. Um, number four, I want to say Natural Born Killers. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of. <laughs> oh man, you're killing me, killing me. I know, right? Um, number five, I'm gonna say oh, four rooms. Oh, I love four rooms. Perfect. Finally, something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said four rooms because I didn't want to be like, wow, I didn't see any of these films. <laughs> Well, crazy. well, no. Long story short, I mean, uh, in my teens and my twenties, I used to work for Blockbuster Video. Looking up kids, I used to work for Blockbuster Video, <laughs> and uh, when you watch everything, you go back to the obscure. So I watch obscure movies. I watch foreign films, mainly French films, because they always had the depressing ending. Um, and uh-huh. I just watched everything in between. I mean, I tried to expand my mind at a young age because it's either that fast food and girls and 
I was broke, so I couldn't get fast food. I was too ugly for girls, so I had to watch movies. So, you know, that worked. You know, um, it's an old adage, you know, the uglier you are, the smarter you had to be. So I read a lot and watched the movies. Still fail to this day. Um, but, as... I feel you, Adrian. Same thing for me. So as we wrap up the show here... Um, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for being part of the show. Uh, I know it's kind of spur of the moment thing, put you on the spot a little bit, but you know that's definitely the beauty of podcasting, and I really do appreciate you being, you know, game and playing along and stuff like that. So, um, anything you want to say, you know, to the listeners out there, to people who are, you know, giving this show a try for the first time and learning about you? But yeah, um, subscribe to a Walker Experience. This, this podcast is amazing. Having the time of my life on there, so you should join. You should listen to us. We are pretty cool guys. <laughs> we have very interesting, interesting things to say, and we're—I I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think we're pretty smart too. So you should definitely listen to us and check out our books, check out our shows, and everything. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, you have to be more modest than that. Come on, at least it's okay. <laughs> I've never been modest, unfortunately. Uh, it's one of my weaknesses. One of my failures. Oh, please, I'm way too modest for my own good. Three years doing a podcast, animation, closing line. No, no, it's perfectly fine. I'm just very modest about what I do. It's, it's okay. Drive the chicks wild. Um, uh, no, but Jeff, once again, I do, I, you know, I do thank you. I'm <laughs> a podcast king also. You tell her that and it's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Panties drop. Um <laughs> Um, but um, I would love to have you. Uh, I love to have you back on the show again with us. You know, you know, this time you'll have a little bit of fun, cutting up a little bit, you know, and not be so serious. You know, I promise I'll, you know, bring to you more, you know, like more lighthearted stuff. Uh, it's cool, dude. Because I understand. Because I think it's all the, all the Swedish and all the French films I've watched. Also, in the Russian films I've watched. Also, the old films like that, the foreign films, they kind of give you. And you know, when you read a lot of philosophical books as well that gives you type of a type of a darker nature so you get into serious things very quickly so it's cool it's not it wasn't all your fault it was also part of my fault as well <laughs> nah, no worries i mean and the good thing about <clears throat> the good thing about the walker is the experience and you know slacking majestically and root of all ashley is that we touch on everything we talk about everything you know whether it be silly whether it be jokes whether it just be you know deep you know deep philosophical conversations you know that's what we do and speaking of which now, I did this to Ashley, so I'm going to do this to you. Now, you, you're a writer, you're a blogger, so how would you like to be a podcaster? Yeah, I would definitely like to be a podcaster. All right, uh, and would you like your own show on our, on our network, on our universe? Hmm. Oh, just like what of Ashley? Yes. Yeah, why not? For sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Good. I mean, uh, we, we love to have you part of the experience, and we'd like for you to have your own show. Um, I'll speak with you off mic um, about getting it set up with that. So, I mean, I believe you have a whole lot to offer. I know Ashley would love to hear you talk, and you know, and I love um, that you could bring a different, you know, um, a different flavor to the show. That's not racist. Um, a different flavor to the show, and, and, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I'm truly glad to have you part of the team. Yeah, for sure. You guys are fun. I enjoy you guys, the podcast. I enjoy you guys outside of the podcast. So working with you guys will just be just hanging out. Will be just fun. So this is great. 
All right, cool. We'll stick around for uh, for a little bit here. I want to say thank you to everyone once again for tuning into the Walker AC Experience. I have been Adrian. You have been my friends. Without you, there is no us. And without us, well, actually, there is no you. Not that we're being modest or anything. So until <laughs> until next time, we'll speak to you next week.